Hey, welcome back to the Moonlighters Club. I'm your host, Joel Edwards, and I'm proud to say we are breaking barriers. We have our second woman guest. Ow, ow. Congratulations. You're Thank number you. two. Um, I'm really proud to have this guest on, and uh, we went to school together a while back. She's doing big things. Let, let me let you introduce yourself. What's your name? My name is Charlene Chanel Fayton from Boston, Massachusetts, more specifically Dorchester. Got to hold it down for Dorchester whenever I get a chance. <laughs> Roxbury, too, because I'm on the line. Um, but yes, I did go to Suffolk University undergrad. And uh, just three days ago, I found out that I got into Boston University's from oh, the master's program. Just like that. So uh, life is about to get a little interesting. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's let's get right into things. Uh, Charlene, what do you what do you do by day? What's your profession? By day, my profession, my nine to five, my real money maker. Your real money maker. Um, I work in the mayor's office of Fair Housing and Equity, which is for the city of Boston. So I'm right at Boston City Hall. Um, in my position over there, I'm the education outreach investigator. Okay. So basically, I help investigate housing discrimination complaints. I aid people looking for affordable housing or market worth housing because, you know, Boston's just a big clusterfuck of housing. <laughs> and um, I also develop a lot of the education, education and marketing materials for the office. So our brochures, our flyers, uh, many marketing plans for any specific campaigns like Let Awareness or uh, Corey and Housing. I develop a lot of those materials. That was the best job description we've ever had. Like, people come on and be like, I paint. Oh, man. <laughs> See, I, I do a different. I mean, I have to, people ask me this all the time, so you have to know it. If I don't know it by now, then it's like, damn. At what point, I feel like in school, it's very, it's very simple. People are like, y'all been going to business, or like, it's like three majors or something. Right. How do you know specifically that, like, something around public policy or helping people from a city standpoint was what you want to do? Was it early on college, late? Um, it was actually before college. Um, while I was here, I actually wanted to go to law school through the whole nine with the whole law school thing. But then I found out the amount of reading yeah. and money that you're going to end up having to um, pretty much invest during that time. So I did not feel comfortable doing that. Um, but I was also on this group called the Mayor's Youth Council, which okay. was... I remember that. Yeah. Oh, you're okay. <laughs> so I was on the Mayor's Youth Council. It was a natural tie, and I was like, well, I probably don't want to do law stuff, but I do help, like helping people. Like, that's something I feel like I was born to do. Okay. I feel like I was supposed to serve in some sort of capacity, because I have, like, so many different talents. I don't mind advocating for people in that sense, and I have such a soft spot for a lot of vulnerable populations, so... That kind of shifted me into the way of wanting to be a public servant. Um, then before the mayor died, we had a few conversations about what I wanted to do. He kept saying, go law school, go law school. And I kept saying, no. You no. talked to Mayor Menino. Like, he was like a great mentor, yes. I, get out. <laughs> I had a job with him from age 19 until 23. It's crazy. Yeah. So, that. yeah, I stopped hanging out on the fourth floor of Suffolk, you know, just <laughs> passing the time, and I got a job there. And he really showed me a lot. Like, it means a lot for him to uh, mentor me in the way that he did, having that much access to someone that people was like, I see him all the time. But he made himself very accessible to his staff. So I appreciate that. Even to my mom. 
My mom would come down during campaign days or uh, vote nights where we get to count votes. He was always there, and she was just, like, excited to be sitting in the same room as him. He was very, very personable, so. Nice. Now, you graduate. You know you want to do this. You go into it. Was it a, what was that transition like going from schoolwork to this? Because I feel like if you work in a working some kind of like department job like me for example I did like separately to marketing mm-hmm. it was different but not too different <clears throat> right you go from talking about like po- political things to being in the midst of it yeah was it a rude awakening very rude awakening as I got older um, there's also it's not just the political side of things but it's the politics of things okay that uh, was the rude awakening for me I thought I pretty much was all set there was a lot that Mayor Menino could not teach me some things that came with age some things that came with a better understanding, some things that also he can't teach me as a white man, and I'm a black woman in that space. So yeah. there was a very rude awakening, and not just the whole, I'm black, I have to work 10 times harder, or two, you know, you, the, the saying, it was more so, you, you're going to have to realize that there are going to be things in which you feel that you may be compromising yourself, you know, or you may be compromising some of the morals that you stand by not compromise in the sense of like if someone asked me to go like steal from a baby i'll steal from a baby but compromise in the sense of you saw this but as a a public servant as someone that you know has loyalty to a political leader there's things that you cannot say Uh, you cannot jump in some of the rallies you cannot do a lot of that extra stuff because it's it's not right apropos yeah and um yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because we represent a large body of people. And I, even though I have my personal validations or connections to specific causes, um, I represent the city of Boston and not everyone has those same ideas. So I cannot go out and put forth as a public employee, as a public representative, an idea that's not representative of um, the mayor's contribution or what he wants to do to the city of Boston. So my rude awakening really came when I figured out I can't be the Captain Save-A-Ho that I wanted to be. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. That's crazy. I understand that. And I only see it from a TV perspective. So you're like, oh, the president can't do this, right? This person. So pretty much across the board, you're with this campaign. You're working for this person. You can't. Well, campaigns are different. Like, you know, um, campaigns are kept very polarized from actual work that I do in the city of Boston. Like, I cannot work on a campaign while I am, campaign meaning trying to elect a public official, while I am working in the city of Boston. I could do it from five to whenever, but not nine to five, because that in itself would still be endorsing a candidate, because I'm taking your taxpaying dollars to work on pushing someone else's agenda when everyone gets a chance to vote for someone. Okay, so... For whomever, their respective person. Did working for the city change your... Did, I, I feel like when I joined Corporate America, I kind of got like a... I came down a little bit, you know? Because put, I put it up on such a pedestal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to wear suits and travel all the time and drink martini. You know what I mean? Like, you had this idea. Mm-hmm. When you work for the city, is it that same thing? And Did you feel kind of jaded at some point where you're like, man, I thought it was going to be different? The amount this? of money that I get paid to do the work that I do, as any... I'm sure any politician feels this way or any person who works as a public servant, you don't get enough. And if you are there for the right reasons, like the teachers that actually get up and go to work to teach children because they really truly believe in educating the youth in our nation, those people don't get paid enough because they go above and beyond. 
um, when a constituent comes through the door and they're telling me that they're being evicted or they've already went through the eviction process in which something we can't interfere because it's already at the state level, then it it hurts. But you still try your hardest to make sure that they feel better and that they're better equipped when they leave that door because... You know, if you've been in those places in your life, then you get why you would, if you have any chance to make someone's life better, right? especially if you've been in that place, then the last thing you want to do is see them right back where they started. So So you're in situations where you see people, you're helping people Mm -hmm. that are in adverse or risky situations. Mm -hmm. How do you separate? For me, it'd be hard to separate because I act like I don't care. And that's why I went to business school, right? I mm-hmm. thought, I'm not going to care about anyone. I'm going to step back, get to the top. Until <laughs> <laughs> so you start to realize how things work. Right. And I would take these business law classes or go on these trips and see what, what companies actually do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have a heart for this. How do you separate when you're off at 5 o'clock and you see something that really affects you? How, can you is there a disconnect? Can you say, man, this is just my job. Yeah, I really want to help these people. But I gotta live my own life. Is is it, you automatically take the work with you? You know, because it's, it's like it's, outside of work. Exactly. Hours? Is it is it just? Can you just cut your mind off when you're outside of work? Like no, yeah. that's actually one of the reasons why I started taking Uber a lot more. Um, again, I live in the Roxbury Dorchester line, <clears throat> and um, you know I go through Dudley Station a lot, or I, you can even just go right down the street to Tremont Street and see a lot of homeless families and people wouldn't notice that they're homeless but sometimes there are people that I've worked with in the past or even homeless runaways youth and no in short it's very very hard for me to disconnect like I walk around with my business cards or with flyers just to make sure that hey come to my office tomorrow It, it it can get quite intrusive and there's been times in which I've been yelled at uh, there was one time that I had someone throw a donut at my face, <laughs> like, leave us alone. We don't want any help from the government. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I get it. Not everyone needs help, but like not everyone knows who to ask exactly. or where to start. So I'd rather take my chances. I just hope next time no one like tries to shoot me or something. Yeah. The donut was a piece of cake, but. Yeah. It, it's interesting. <laughs> People think of Boston, especially if you travel. When you travel here mm-hmm. from out of state. You're only going to see, the city's really small, but you only see what you're supposed to see. You see the nice downtown area, Mm -hmm. Newberry Street. Uh, But if you go a little bit out to these neighborhoods, like neighborhood neighborhoods. Like 15 minutes out, like a bus ride out. (laughs) It's it's different. The gender gap, not gender gap, excuse me, the uh, income gap. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's dramatic. Like I live in Roxbury, Mm -hmm. and I work downtown. So majority of my time I'm down here. Right. I get on the train, get right. off. 30 minutes later, it's like a whole new city. And you're just like, what the hell's going on day. out here, man? It's crazy, dude. It's my day-to-day. I so get it. So what's the what's the best, what are the best joys that you get from your job? Like, what are the moments you're like, oh, man, this is, this is. Um, when we close cases in which um, landlords stop messing around with the little people, meaning the tenants. Yeah. Um, when I meet a lot of like deadlines and goals, because again, my life is pretty multifaceted. So yeah, yeah. when I actually get through my primary job from nine to five without a without a hiccup, that's great. Which happens a lot. I mean, I plan out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tip it's but most of the joy just comes from making sure that people like come back and say thank you so much. Like the thank yous are good enough for me. Yes, I get this little bullshit paycheck, but the thank yous are everything because it's like. I'm happy you're in a better space. Yeah. That actually means I helped you today. Yeah, you did that something. actually yeah. means that 
all this money that I owe back to Suffolk is actually going <laughs> towards something. So, yeah. you know, it, it didn't go in vain or the two or three hours that we went to court so that you can, if you needed advocacy work and I helped you, that didn't go in vain. So um, it's more from them, not there's no real like personal goals that I actually get out of working. <laughs> you said, all in all, is it more? Is it there more stress or more joy? Is it pretty balanced? Um, I want to say if it's just looking at the job, mm-hmm. it's more stress because there's never going to be enough affordable housing. Yeah. There isn't always going to be landlords who actually act right and abide by fair housing law. There isn't always going to be, uh, be chances to access everyone who actually needs the resources that we have. So it's kind of stressful because, again, and it could be because I'm still like in a very novice point in my life where I haven't been burnt out, but I just feel like there's so much more that we can yeah. do. But And we are federally funded versus like um, state funded, not state funded, but at a municipality. Yeah. So I'm like, why can't we just ask HUD for more money? Or why can't we just do more? But I'm still only one person. I'm the only person who does what I do. Before, there wasn't anyone in my office who did that. So no one really knew about the office. I didn't even know the office existed in my building. And I've been there since I was 16. So it goes a lot to say that if I didn't know and I'm already on the inside, there's a lot of people who don't know, and they're already on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into passion. You're pretty passionate about this. Let's get into what you do when you are not at work. So what is your business? Um, so right now, I'm a lifestyle blogger. I actually just transitioned into a lifestyle blogger for Plus Size Fusion. Um, I started that in 2013 while I was still here or getting out of here. I don't quite remember anymore. I think it started popping off in 2013, but um, I think it was more birth of like free time I had when I wasn't doing my homework, when I wasn't at work. I just kind of birthed it, and I had a boyfriend at the time who was a photographer, who had a camera. So, hand in hand. What? It was like the <laughs> compared to what I pay photographers now. Um, it was definitely a come up. Uh, so it was something that I love to shop. I spent a lot of money on shopping. Um, all I do is look up shopping websites because a lot of the what's offered in stores, like if you go to South Shore Plaza, there's probably four stores for plus size women. And um, I couldn't say they're the best stores. They, they don't suck, but they're not they're not a variety because the rest of the stores for straight size women. So they pretty yeah. much get 90% of them all. Um, so I, I had to find other ways in which I can advocate for plus size women. Again, I'm all about advocacy and just... It was very personal, too. Like, I was tired of Marshalls. I was tired of TJ Maxx. I was tired of department stores that carried five of my size. So I had to pick, like, of the size 20s, there was only, like, three left. And it didn't look the way that I need to look. Or sometimes you need to see what it looks like on someone else or on yourself to know what it's going to look like. So I started Plus Size Vision as a outlet just to show women where they can find clothing, um, if they're plus size um, events throughout the city of Boston, or since there aren't many, um, there's only one, and that's one that um, I kind of started with four other people, Boston Curvy Fashion Week, yeah. um, and it's been going well. We just had our second, I guess, Fashion Week extravaganza two weeks ago, and it went well, but there are a lot in New York. New York has become my second home. New York's got everything. 
Yes. New York, California, surprisingly. Even Houston. Houston is like home of the big girls. Houston, I was just there for the first time on Memorial Day. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's because all, so there's so many Nigerian people out there. Nigerian people, they don't mess around. They're big people. Yeah. Like they're, See, they're very Boston, tall. no love. <laughs> no love for this, for this big butt soul out here. But uh, if I go anywhere else, it's like bountiful. But you know Boston. Boston's this whole other Yeah, we're, we're stuck in our thing. own place. So you see a problem, you see something you want to use. What made you, how'd you come up with blog? Um, at the time, especially since I was transitioning out of college, it was the most cost-effective thing that I can do that can also pick up a lot of speed given that social media was like slowly climbing. I think it's at probably an all-time high right now with, you know, different uh, with a new app or a new like type of module or outlet developing every day. Mm-hmm. But um, at that time, you know, Facebook was really big. I don't even think Instagram had started yet, but Tumblr was there. Yeah, Tumblr um, was huge. Yeah, Tumblr so was So Tumblr is where I started. And okay. then, you know, I ended up going into WordPress because I was like, I want to do more, but I cannot do more. All I can do is pick from these themes and work with it, and I want a dot-com. Like, it was really frustrating, but a lot of what I learned was self-taught. Um, the only thing I didn't learn that was self-taught was probably, like, a few apps for photo editing and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but yeah. that was pretty much, you know, you can learn that by yourself, or there's a lot of free courses now. If you haven't seen them on Facebook, sign up and fair, find out how to get, like, 20,000 followers in two days, like... Those are could be ripoffs, but there are silver linings in some of those. You'll have to look a little deeper, but um, you won't get twenty thousand k followers that are real in two days. So, um, how many times did you, you think you, you you stopped when you first started going on? Where you're like, I'm not saying anything. This is stupid. <laughs> um, I think I tried to do it four days ago. Um, <laughs> I think I have tried to do it four days ago. It happens all the time. Like you know, um, I had to learn to stop comparing my like where I was in my journey as a blogger to some of my friends who are doing very very well I'm talking about the 400 k's the 300 k's up there the ones who've retired from working they don't have to work a second job because a single Instagram post is pretty much what I make in two weeks or a single blog post is pretty much what I make in a month like there are women plus size women in my specific niche or industry who are making lots of money doing this Amongst, uh, uh, apart from, you know, going to events to host or a meet and greet or like hosting a giveaway or something like that, they make a lot of money. They have agencies that represent them. But um, I never actually thought that blogging would turn into a, a really profitable avenue for me. That wasn't even like, there was no nexus there. It was just like, oh my gosh, I found something new. I did not realize how much free promotion I was giving to uh, brands. And sometimes to this day, I still do it. But that's just because not everything's about the the dime or the coin, as we call it. Not everything's about the coin. Sometimes if you believe in a brand and their work and... Like, the quality of their work, especially because we usually get the fast fashion shit. But when you get someone that really, really is like, yo, I want to make this for you. Like, Let's read you, you know, you, you have to be excited for that. What's the name of your blog? Plus Size Fusion. I don't know how I got that name. <laughs> I was going to ask you. How, do you, uh, uh, how long did that take for you to name it? I don't know. I was sitting down with someone, and um, the same guy, the same guy I used to date. Um, we kind of just put it together. I don't know what it means. 
Um, I know plus size, what that means with fusion, I felt like it was like a, a fusion between something and something at the time, but my mind has definitely evolved yeah. as far as being a blogger since then. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about like 20 years old or 22 years old to 27. So, um, you know, if I had a choice, that probably still wouldn't be the name, but people also got used to calling me plus size fusion or how I, they know, no one could actually pronounce it, but uh, they think it's French because I'm Haitian. They're like, oh, is it Bujon? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> it's Bujon. It's it's normal, but I couldn't tell you what it meant. But I like it because no one else has it. And as soon as you put it in, like any type of search, it comes yeah. up. And I'm all about SEO ranking. So did you teach yourself all of that by yourself, like SEO, Word, like WordPress? How um, so I'm in a few. Um, black women-led blogger groups that you know just try to put on the little blogger so um they will mention a lot of these things but and you can ask questions they have no problem one of them is a black it's called blm but it's not black lives matter it's um it'll come back to me but um it's basically a group that empowers women to you know make sure that they're making their mark out there because Right now, the top ten bloggers aren't black. Is it blog live lives matter? It's not blog live No, no. It, it's um. I will remember. It's like black bloggers. I forgot what it is. I because I just joined another one that was Black Bloggers United. Yeah. And they helped me pitch to Blavity, and it was a successful pitch. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yes, yeah, Blavity. Yeah. I actually was out in Cali, and they were you know talking to me about their numbers. And they're one of the fastest growing um, like media sources right now. And for ad space, I was like, really? What's your ad space like? Oh, 15 grand. I was like, 15 yeah, grand? Yeah. Well, damn. Okay, you guys must have some sort of money if you could yeah. throw those numbers out. But um, throw those numbers out. But they are um, a great, they were really, really instrumental in getting me on a few contributor sites like working with Huffington Post or Bustle. There's a few magazines that I worked with. And um, yeah, that's about it. Were you asked to do a lot of guest blogging when you were first coming up with your? When you I'm first... actually getting it now. Really? Okay. More okay. so because I think more people are recognizing my voice. Yeah. Um, but you know, for now, there's a fee with everything. If you want me to sit there and develop quality content quality. for your blog, like yeah. it's going to take more than just <laughs> yeah, sure. Because again, I have a lot of things to do. And yes, money's a great incentive, but I don't want to ever pour out like bad, right? Or like bad work because it's still a reflection of me, and it's still your. I don't care if you don't care what's hosted on your website, but I care if my name is attached to it. To me, it's. I'm glad you said that word for entrepreneurs. It's, it's the work you do, but I feel like the two most important things. Time is one. Mm -hmm. No one wants to be spending time, getting their time wasted. Right. And two, it is the care. It's like you're not just paying me to do this thing for you. Mm -hmm. I can do it if I don't care. Right. You're paying me to care. Like, if I actually put my time into this, you're going to get something really, really good if right. you pay me, right? Right. If not, I'll just whip you something together. Right. You can ask it's, anyone yeah, to do that. It sucks. But, yeah, you know. I, you're I coming like... to me because you understand the value that I bring. Right. And you understand what I can do. So don't, you know, then return with the smack in the face. Like, but can you do it for free? I'm like, if I sucked, you wouldn't have came to me. But you understand what I have. You just don't want to pay for what I have then, you know, good luck working with someone else who will do it for free. Like, you know, no hard feelings, you know, and I'm really okay with working with someone's budget. Like, we can even develop a payment plan if that's the case, but I'm not, 
like for the amount of free work that I've done. You're done with the free. It, exactly, because, <laughs> I mean, again, <laughs> this is still a lot. The quality really comes from a lot of the time and money that I invested into my education. Yeah. And I'm not getting it back with your free post. <laughs> How long did it take for that change to be made? Because I feel like everyone in the beginning is like, oh, yeah, of course I'll do it. Like, oh, thanks for the help. January of this year. That's when you're like done. When Coles was like, Charlene, we want you. I'm like, oh, y'all heard that? I'm working over here now. <laughs> they, this is These are the people. And then there are some still brands that, some seasoned brands that have done a lot of work with me and took chances with me from the beginning. Uh, I would do it for free for them anytime, just or a very, very low nominal fee at any time because it's like, when no one was like, oh, well, you're not around here yet, and they're up there, like Ashley Stewart, great brand. They actually have a store in Roxbury, right, in the Dudley area. Um, they took a chance with me very, very early on yeah. in the stages and included me in some of their campaigns. And um, the most recent campaign that I did with them was actually featured in the New York Post. And I'm like, you see, this is what happens. you got to be good to people because, you know, that's just great for my media kit or my press kit. I can just add that right there, stamp it. How long did it take you to get the return that you wanted? I just like you know, it could have been one person. Still not there. Still not there. You see the you see the potential. I definitely see the potential. Um, I'm not really big into like giving out the numbers that I make for my blog or whatever. But um, again, I'm I'm very much of like an intellect. I can tag the price on intellectual property. Like I can definitely price how much I think. I am worth in terms of contributing any type of intellectual property or connect, not really contacts, but like any sort of facilitating any connections of any sort. Um, So I've given away a lot of that for free. And um, not that I'm looking to get it back like it's a reparation of some sort, but it's definitely something I would want to uh, move a little bit more on the upwards of like, Right now, I charge two hundred and fifty for a blog post. I do. I put out at least three blog posts a week, and um, some sponsored, some not sponsored. I would like to like get somewhere in the five hundred. Someone told me I'm still lowballing, and yeah, I'm like, I'm still lowballing. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of people told me I'm like, they're like, why are you lowballing? And I'm like, I'm not. I do, I guess I am, or I guess to remain competitive, you don't want to see like seem like that cheapy. But that's because I found out that a lot more brands are moving in the direction of using influencers versus um, putting out a lot of like superficial campaigns or campaigns of what looks aesthetically pleasing. Right. It seems like influencers are kind of like the go-to people. They'll get a higher return of investment, and you don't have to pay them as much as you would pay something else of that nature. Yeah, I think that's what people are paying for. Like I've, I've seen people write for 40 bucks. You know, yeah. and I think the difference with you is it's not just you writing, but the topic that you're writing about mm-hmm. and your personal experience. Plus, you know a lot of people. Like you influence a lot of people, and the mm-hmm. characters there. So, I think not only are they getting the material, mm-hmm. but behind that material, if you put the right face behind it, people yeah. are like, okay, she likes you, I like you. It's weird right. how that works. Like, Yeah, no, it's it really goes along with, like, where we are in society. Like, I would, if everything were just shut down, I would like to see who people would still look up to or what people would talk about if uh, social media wasn't a thing or if 
Love and Hip Hop, which I, I watch that show. Sometimes you need a good reminder of why your life me, is so... Yeah, she makes me watch it. <laughs> Sometimes you need that reminder <laughs> of why your life is so dope right now because yeah. you're not in the same place with them. But um, albeit some people take it like really in as a, a benchmark for their worth or where they aspire to be. Right. So um, some people don't realize how much influence they have. And some people use their influence... I call it the wrong way, but it could be the right way, depending on how you... I'm not them, so if they feel like it's right, somewhere in their mind it's right. So, doing this, and you seem to be doing extremely well at it, when you're at work, do you just have to cut it off? Like, here's... I'm guilty. When I work, I can't not think about my business. I can't. Like, I can't not Mm -hmm. at least, like, read a blog post or, like, an article has Mm -hmm. something to do with it. Do you, because your work seems very involved on both ends, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, nine to five, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to think about distribution, mm-hmm. wait, mm-hmm. or do you find it seeping in? Uh, seeps in all the time, uh, like 100%, I'm pretty sure my boss is like, watch me write blog posts simultaneously <laughs> with doing things, um, usually mostly during my lunchtime, but it happens all the time. Luckily, there's a lot of things like Hootsuite and co-schedule that yeah. allow me to yeah. Co-schedule's the deal, dude. Yeah, it is. It's probably the best thing I've ever paid for. Yeah, they give those white papers they give out alone? Please. Please. Um, j- just that alone makes it actually seem like I'm actually online. Yeah. You know, I might pop in and say something on Facebook, but, like, that's really me popping in. Other than that, I'm, I'm drafting on paper what I'm trying to do for work, and I'm also drafting on paper what I'm doing for my blog, usually at the same time. Um, a lot of what I do is pre-packaged for my job so a lot of it's like I know this is what I'm going to expect and I always make room for anything sporadic but my blog is not as pre-packaged every day seems like a new day even when I do schedule it out something comes up a new email comes up a new opportunity comes up and I just have to make sure that I have everything at least in one file that I can pull from to give a response back to whatever the opportunity is how open can you be about what you do around everyone can you just talk, like, guys at work, like, it doesn't affect my ability. Can you tell your coworkers, your friends, everyone, everyone um, knows? So when I was featured in the New York Post, it's still hanging up in our lunchroom That's right cool. now. That's cool. um, they all know, and they mostly, I think they can tell by the way I dress. Um, my you? boss has purple hair and half shade side. When I saw that... <laughs> I really use that as a benchmark for, like, oh, she's all about, like, freedom of, you know. So, but it's not like I'd go to work with poom poom shirts. Like, there's definitely some decorum, but I'm not your suit suit and your skirt type of girl. Like, you know, if I have a presentation, it's it's going to be dressed up, but I'm not wearing black and white, or I'm not going to wear, like, the five colors of business casual like if, if I like hot pink then hot pink's there it's gonna be a cute hot pink it might be like an Obama Michelle Obama hot pink or something but right. I'm definitely I think they they knew right off the bat and secondly um since I was 19 all my packages have been delivered to city hall so I was working on the fifth floor in Menino's office when I came up there they're like how much money do you have every week? And it's just a lot of free stuff coming in, a lot of free packages, a lot of um, collaborations coming in, a lot of random stuff like makeup. They'll see something from Dior, and I'm like, oh, it's just a collaboration. It's not like I really shop Dior all the time. So, you know, it is what it is. So then I told them, like, in full, this is what I do. 
Like, you know, it may seem glamorous, but, you know, if I come in 15 minutes late, it's probably because I overslept and I was up doing, you know, articles or something. I envy you in so many means. First of all, you guys can't see, but she's smiling. So, <laughs> here, here, especially when she says free stuff. I, everything mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, financial stability, get out of debt. Mm-hmm. I just want free clothes. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I don't, if I can just get to a point. If I get to a point where I got as many socks, like, when your socks are getting fancy, mm-hmm. that's when you know you made it. Like, if, you're, if that's it, like, I just want the advertising to come in. So, I'm like, let me just wear this. People will wear it if I wear it. And I think that that is so awesome mm-hmm. that people ship you stuff. To weird. I yeah, can't even imagine fun. that. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Right. That's another reason why I have to take Uber home every day. Because you don't want to get jacked. No. <laughs> and it's like sometimes like six things. I'm like I'm not. Yeah. You know I'm not carrying that anywhere. So I might do Uber like on Fridays or today. I don't have anything, but I'm just going to anyway, so I can get home. Um, I'll have lots of clothes, lots of just lots of random stuff like shoes, um, a lot of purses. I used to get a lot of natural hair stuff, um, but a lot of clothes. Like you get men's clothes, goes. feel free. I'm, not, I'm um, a fairly skinny dude, but yeah, I'll. I'll if whatever. I get socks, I'll think you of you. Get some socks, if I get some know. socks, I'll think of you. <laughs> so, how balanced do you feel? I mean, it seems like you got a pretty hand, good handle on it. Do you feel like a little frazzled at times? Do you feel generally okay with how things are? You... So, I think I have like a mild, if not. Okay, maybe an extreme case of um, anxiety, but I kind of work well within those means, like means, so I'll have extreme anxiety. It takes me about five minutes to process it, but that also fuels how I kind of organize my work and kind of get it done, basically. And I also work very, very well under pressure, and I like to procrastinate a lot. Yeah. Um, Usually my best work is done last minute. When I do it ahead of time, then I'm like, oh no, this didn't look good, and then I like yeah, mess yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, pick at it. So I, you know, and not to say I just throw out whatever last minute, right. but like my mind's a lot more focused. Like this is what you were going to do. This is what you. These are the key points. Versus when you have all this extra time to do it, you're kind of just like, well, you know. I might throw in a unicorn in there. Who knows? Let's yeah. see how that goes. And it you waste more time that way. So, you know, I kind of... But I never not have something going on. So it's like whatever I procrastinated on last week has made it to the queue of things. So yeah. there's, there's always something. But um, my 9 to 5 is pretty good um, as far as working between both of them. Between both, yeah. Um, but now we're going to throw in the, the school aspect. Yeah, that's right. That's all right. So um, I've already actually, you know, put something out on paper that can work, but I don't. It has to be put into practice. So. Yeah. Um, but I think school, since especially since it's during the the week, right? And it's twice a week, and um, I, I don't know. We'll just see. Yeah, it'll go. <laughs> if as long as their library is open on Saturdays, I feel like I can actually get my pictures taken. While I'm over there, because BU has a pretty nice campus, I can find some open space to take my pictures. Um, the gym, they have a gym that's there. I can get my homework done. They have, you know, plenty of laptops and computers. Yeah. My photographer just has to meet me there, and I think I could get a lot done in two days, or like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's the funny thing about it. Your weekend is work, and that's what I love about this podcast. What? <laughs> how much of your free time do you spend being working on what you want to do? Working on this, is it 80%, would you say, when you're not at work? It's like 
right now it's like 50 percent done okay uh, well not 50 like 50 percent work and 50 percent block like my life is legit dedicated just to those two yeah but i free school is going to be important like free school i'm never gonna get an opportunity to go to school for free again definitely not at a master's level either definitely not at such a great school so i definitely um We'll have to structure it differently. I had already planned out most of my work work for like the next six months so that it works along with my school. You do plan really well. Huh? Most people on this podcast are just like, whatever happens, happens. You know, there's this I like, yeah, whatever. The, It'll you know, work. What's that? Uh, I think it's like... Uh, oh, uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's exactly like pretty much my motto. <laughs> okay. So do you think... I don't even like to use the word suffer. Like I... When I'm not at work, all I want to do is work on my business. Like, mm-hmm. hang with my girlfriend, of course. She's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's to... like, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> but I really like, like, last weekend was a beautiful day. I stayed in a room for 12, I, I, 12 hours and just worked. Like, do you do you see your, do you see your friends a lot, friends, family? Does it matter? Is it whatever? Yes, it matters. I mean, you know, my friends have been pretty supportive. They they show up to my events when, like, for example, I, I held one at South Shore Plaza. That's why I took time to assess how many stores are in yeah. the mall that were yeah. dedicated to plus-size women, and it was at Fashion to Figure. Two of my friends came out, and I was very happy. My mother came. My cousin from Haiti came, not for that event, but he left the house um, yeah. to come, and my brother and my nephew. So they're very supportive. Um, they're also very supportive of me and my job. Like, you know, they're, we fight all the time, but they're definitely a supportive bunch. I've noticed that my friendship circles have definitely gotten a little smaller. Yeah. Um, not out of I hate this person or anything. It's just that some things you don't have as much time for. Right. Um, and not to sound like that, but it's like I like to be around the people that have the inspiring conversations versus the people that just want to like smoke weed a lot and, right. and stuff. Like things that kind of set me back yeah. or that have gotten me into like some pretty shitty holes that I'm working to get out of right. so um not to say thankfully the, the the circle's a little smaller so i don't have to spread my spread my time too thinly but um i feel like i allocate just enough time to them i hope that i do and they're pretty good about telling me if i don't so <laughs> would dating slow you down you think um would it slow me down so i personally feel like it slows everyone down i'm not gonna lie um, so luckily I have been dating, luckily, um, I have been, <laughs> luckily I have been dating, uh, I have been dating someone for about a year and some change. He doesn't live here. He lives in New York. Like I said, nothing good's in Boston. You don't want to you down. And, um, he's actually very self-motivated. Cool. He's also an entrepreneur himself. He's also in school. So he gets the life, but cool. we still manage and he does a lot of the same similar things that I do. So, um, and he also has like a lot of family obligations and other things of that nature that he has to fit in but he still manages to show me like ample time that's awesome and it also helps that he's a little older because a little older in the sense that i'm 27 he's like 34 so um he's kind of been there done that and he kind of sees some of the mistakes that i make and he has no problem telling me like hey what you did was wrong and i understand that it's from a place of rationality versus like fuckboy behavior so <laughs> so um yeah he's definitely uh, been a rock 
the I don't know how many times he's actually told me, you know, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. Or why won't anyone notice me? Like, and he's like, they're going to do it. Then an email or two a week later, he's like, what did I tell you? Or didn't I tell you? Or yeah. you got to be patient. That's dope. And he's probably one of the first guys I've dated that actually um, ascribes to a faith that has faith. I mean, I've had guys who believe and no like offense to them, but they're very much like the universe or trees or believe in myself. And I'm like, that's what's up. Like, you know, yeah. everyone has their thing, but I know where I functioned better and I know where the source of my strength comes from. And it's good to be with someone who kind of aligns in that path. That's cool that you have that support system. Yeah. How's your sleeping? You know, I just bought two bottles of melatonin, believe it or not. I was like, oh, I'm going to be so late. I'm here at CVS. Um, so I'm um, now with the acceptance, I know that I have to get my health right back on track. Like, I used to be very fit. I used to do a lot of, like, I, I used to incorporate a lot of fitness into my blog, too. And I used to be, like, 90 pounds lighter. Um, Your workout game was, um, like, I'm not going to lie, you were on point. Yeah. You were, you were in the, you know, because <laughs> like, I skip days all the time. Like, yeah, oh, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very, it was definitely, like, fun. Like, I, I liked it, and I liked the way I felt more importantly. But I neglected to um, see how important my health was to actually keeping this engine going. So that includes sleep as well. Like, you know, um, I just started reading or just finished like a 37-page book. What was it called? Secret? The Secret? Um, the Law of Attraction. Okay, okay, called. yeah. Very, very short book. It's on my Kindle. And I was like, yo, all you have to really do is speak things. And you kind of just get there. It's weird, Like, yeah. I felt so bad that a man in such plain language kind of just like broke that down. But honestly, it really does... This book really helped me change my thought process. So last night was probably the first night in like seven years that I went to sleep when I told myself I was going to go to sleep. I went to sleep by 1030. I usually would have to smoke like five blunts and then go to sleep or something. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Because I had to, I, I was telling my doctor, I'm like, yo, you have to prescribe me something because I cannot go to sleep. You can take melatonin. I'll take three like, melatonin. Give me some marijuana, doctor. Pretty much. And she was just like, are you sure? And then she was like, fine, if this is what you want. And I'm like, at least I'm sleeping. But then it like was the gateway for like cigarettes and everything else related to smoke. So I was like, all right, cut it all out because it's just not working. And um, it could be pretty expensive because insurance will only cover so much. So I feel like that's the biggest thing I've noticed. Like having to do two things, mm-hmm. like just your body. Yeah. Like it's like I could talk to my friends. My like my girlfriend could say something. My mom would say I haven't talked to you in a while. Mm-hmm. But yourself, like you forget. Like you're mm-hmm. doing this for yourself, but you forget. Like yo, mm-hmm. did I brush my teeth? Like right. did, <laughs> did I right. like sleep? The food you're eating, mm-hmm. liquor. Like it, it just comes yeah, out of no. nowhere. It's so easy for your body to get lost in the process. Yeah. Super, super easy. So, um, so I'm again back to that. Like now that I'm actually speaking things, like it makes it a lot easier because you're visualizing where it is that you have to be. Once you see it, you already know that it's possible. So you just embody yourself, kind of uh-huh. in that that mind frame, and then it works. And this yesterday again, it only started like you will have to check back with me in two weeks. But just yesterday, I went to sleep and it was good. I was I was fine. Um, I just have to make sure I make the best of the time that I have because I need to start training myself into more structured structured yes. things. And I don't mind structure. I think especially if when your life is kind of going in a direction that you want it to go, mm-hmm. then structure is perfect. Nice. So it seems like you're very good at planning, keeping things structured. 
what's your biggest area of opportunity where you're like, if I can fix this as far as the way you are in your business, then I can definitely jump up to the next level. You know, I try to identify that, and I know a lot of it's like growing pains. Like a lot of it, I'm going to have to learn. But there's because my niche, plus size blogging, lifestyle blogging for plus size women, is so. How do I say it? It's like stifled. Like there's a lot of people in there. Like it's, it's so like there's a lot. At one point, I'm pretty sure everyone's like, oh, here's another blogger. Until you see her in the campaign, it's like, oh, shit, this is definitely not another. Yeah. It's like an overpopulated niche. Like, everyone's in there. So, you know, I want to stay true to my voice. So I make sure I stay true to my voice. But sometimes the people who make more noise are the people who are saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't be that person because it's like, bruh. Like, what's the point? Like, what? I didn't sign up for that. Yeah. I'm not about to dedicate my time. And it just, it doesn't feel genuine because then you lose the passion behind it. You, you you start to forget why you began it all to begin with. You know, you're kind of like, oh, I'm just going to talk like this person now. And it's yeah. like, that's not going to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. What you actually want to say is going to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning to write. What you actually want to contribute to the world is actually what's going to wake you up at three in the clock. Working for someone else doesn't quite do that, and working like someone else doesn't quite do that either. So what is your next big milestone? My next big milestone? Um, So I'm actually working on pitching Coca-Cola, a few brands, a huge brands. Uh, I guess you could call it a lifestyle brand or a manufacturer I don't know what they would call them but I'm working on a press trip between me and uh, three other very I won't put their names out there but three other huge plus size bloggers um, to go to New Orleans and we want to develop a a guide a guide of some sort Curvy Girls Guide to Traveling and we want to do it in different places Um, we each have a little bit of traveling background most recently I did a review on um, the Hyatt Concourse Hotel in LA. They were so nice to me. The place was great. Um, and they even offered me something down here in Boston for a staycation, which is really just going to be quiet space to work all yeah, day. Yeah. But at least I won't have to pay for it, you know. And um, I just hope to uh, work with these women because uh, growing up traveling always was a barrier for me, not in terms of just money, but oh, we're going to go zip lining. All right, well, I'm going to take pictures from below. Or we're going to go kayaking. And I'm like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to capsize the, the boat. So want to break a lot of those, like, big girls can't do this or big yeah. girls can't do that because they can. And I've seen it. It's just they, 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 there's more to plus-size women than fashion. And a lot of what is putting being put out there is that fashion. Um, plus-size women are beautiful, but... Not that we are able and not that we do everything that everyone else does. Like, we don't have to sit on a fashion platform to get noticed because then there are women who are like, well, I don't like to dress up or I don't like to do this. So where do I fit in plus size world? And I'm like, A, you're plus size. B, you're more than just what you wear. So um, I'm hoping that that's where that goes with that. Nice. All right. And how long do you think you can keep this up? How long do you see yourself writing this blog? Oh, my gosh. How long? I mean, I was supposed to quit three days ago, so I don't know. Yeah, I, was supposed, yeah. I always want to quit. Um, and I met bloggers my age, younger than me, and some much older than me. I do, It really goes along with it. As long as I can keep up with the best way that influencers kind of navigate the market, then I will continue to do my work. 
Um, because again, in the end, it still comes down to being an advocate. Right. It still comes back to some sort of service that I'm doing to the public. So it's not something that's going to die too easily. Um, I don't know which one I would let go of first. Yeah. More than likely, it'll be the vlog just because um, I think hopefully by like 2030 or 2040 yeah. or 2050, people will stop having to you know, put people into categories or buckets or stop judging people. Like, that's yeah. what I hope to end with my blog. So I hope to put myself out of business down the road. That's awesome. And that I could just, like, put up what I like to wear just like someone else does. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, my gosh, look at this big girl wearing a bathing suit. Like, it could just be like, oh, that's a cute bathing suit. Where right. did you get that? Exactly. That's the conversation I want to start and finish, not the... You have to be plus size to do something. And sometimes, like, even on Facebook or wherever, I'm pretty obnoxious with the, the fat girl stuff. But it's just because it's like I'm trying to make this normal conversation. I'm trying to make it so that it's not, like, astounding when you see a big girl do something, that it's normal. Right. Like, it's – I've been here. No one's ever questioned, like, oh, my gosh, you're a big girl. You're here. So why is it that anything that I choose to do that doesn't fit – a stereotypical type of view of it, whether it's fashion or fitness or whatever the case is, or even health. I used to get questioned about my health all the time as if like being skinny was a precursor for being healthy, where some of the people in the gym who are smaller than me, how do you do that? Or how I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, can you do it? No. So how did you did that? Teach me. And I'm like, you know, it has nothing to do with weight as yeah. much as it does with what you're willing to commit to that process. Well, hopefully you can. Put yourself yeah. out of business. Seems like you're on the right way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I hope. What I mean, I hope to put all my plus size bloggers out of business, and hopefully they find a another thing to do nice. while they're in retired life. Well, in the meantime, let the listeners know where we can find you socially. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to like spell. It's so <laughs> long. So, um, on Instagram and on Facebook, uh, plus size fusion. That's P L U S space. S-I-Z-E space B-E-A-U-S-I-O-N. So that would be on Facebook. Same thing with Instagram. On Twitter, P.S. Fusion. On Pinterest, P.S. Fusion. On Google Plus, Plus Size Fusion. It's pretty much the same thing except for LinkedIn that has like my professional name, Shardling Feito. All right, so everyone out there, feel free to get on the Instagram, check out the blog. It sounds great. Uh, in the meantime... We would like to thank you, Charlene, for thank coming. You. This was very, this is cool. It's like, it's good to see someone with actual passion, like an actual purpose that goes so much deeper. Yeah, no, definitely. Life has, I'm happy I found my purpose now. Yeah. And not like struggling, trying to figure it out, flipping burgers. Not, again, no offense to anyone where that's where you are, but I'm just happy I arrived to where I am the right now. The only person I was happy flipping burgers is SpongeBob. That's the only Yeah, and you know, he, you know, so much joy. Like He was into his, it. He was very into it. But that's you know, like making, man, making money for another man didn't even realize that. Like no, he was, but he was that's just happy. not me. He was happy. You know? Uh, in the meantime, listeners, feel free to reach out to us, moonlightersclub at gmail.com. Um, we're always looking for more people to share their story with us. Uh, we're on the uh, podcast store on Apple. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're pretty much everywhere at Google Play. Feel free to take a listen to any of our episodes. Please give us five stars if you like it. If you don't like it, just don't give us anything. Uh, we'd appreciate it either way. Uh, but thank you all for listening for another episode, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.